0: welcome to four collectors
1: uh, today we got tops 85401 on the base uh four collectors four collectors channel uh so Nate, what's up man what's going on
0: Hey, what's up, Caesar? What's up, uh, all you collectors for collectors out there? Uh, that this is what the hobby's all about, you know, just sharing our knowledge and enjoying the hobby together. So that's what's going on with me this afternoon.
1: Yeah, man. Um, I I can't say I've learned more about '90s baseball cards than you and Eric through uh, Baseball Card Junkies TV and that was the it channel <laughs> as far <laughs> as for me back then man uh yeah yeah we
0: had some good times making videos together Th- that channel's getting fired back up so i've been making videos on there
1: uh, yeah man um uh, i learned so much through those um you know when i first started on youtube i was i kind of had the attitude cardboard before shine and i was like an old school man i wasn't too much into the shine but Watching your enthusiasm, your love for the shine, your descriptions, uh, I turned the other butt cheek. You know what (laughs) I mean? (laughs) And Yeah, man, and I started loving them. I started appreciating them.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because back in the 90s, I I used to get kind of like upset that the hobby had changed. And then as a collector over the years, all those cards grew on me. Mm-hmm. So I I kind of went through the same thing that you did when I got back into the hobby. I took a break between 91 and 96. So when I came back in in 97 98 I'm like why why can't they make cards like with bubble gum? Like, What's going on here? So I could totally <laughs> relate to that.
1: <laughs> yeah man, uh dude, uh your guys baseball card junkies TV channel. I mean, I learned um and one thing that kind of want to say is like i watch it's hard for me now to watch like i'm on tiktok and there's a lot of people on tiktok that are like big card influencers and it's hard for me to watch them uh because everything they're saying now like if they just discovered it is stuff that you guys were saying you know five ten years ago you know on (laughs) baseball card junkies tv and i was like who does you know how these guys influencers talking like they just discovered this like man i remember watching this video you know five years ago eight years ago baseball card junkies tv made a video about this yeah
0: yeah it's kind of funny uh it's it's been interesting seeing the interest pick up in the uh the 90s era of card collecting but it certainly has and i think a lot of collectors are starting to have appreciation for them it's just like when you and i were kids and the vintage cards were king and they still are vintage cards are definitely yeah. king but people that were um like when i was a kid people that are the age that i'm at now their childhood cards were from the 50s and now you know fast yeah. forward you know it's 2023 and my childhood cards well you know early adulthood were were the 90s era so
1: well Talking about eras, right? That's what I consider um, baseball cards. I consider them eras. I don't necessarily go by, you know, because you have the pre-war era, the post-war era, modern card era, the, you know, what people call the junk wax era, steroid era, the modern, ultra-modern. Everybody has these um, eras. Baseball, card has, baseball cards have that. So it, I think in the majority of the world, vintage is just defined by anything 25 years or older but i don't consider that to be so much the truth in baseball cards you know what i mean because we have eras we have a vintage era then we jumped into what people deem now the junk wax era i like call the i like to call it the classic era of collecting you know what i mean then you have the 90s and um i believe you also right you have a definition of like 90s cards but they're not all exactly in the 90s
0: yeah yeah so yeah we were talking earlier before we went live and i was telling papino man that i i use the term 90s cards but my but if i were to really identify it's the golden age of inserts which i call 90s cards and that would be from 93 because that's the first year of the refractor that kind of was the the birth of the uh, you know the high end inserts through 2004 cuz post 04 then the hobby kind of started to focus on relic cards and autograph cards and stuff like that and and it it did it in 04 a little bit like upper deck was making some beautiful stuff in the uh, mm-hmm. early 2000s but the main focus in the hobby were insert cards in that era And they, and all the manufacturers are a lot of manufacturers. There's a lot of competition and it is the golden age of inserts. In my opinion, a lot of people use the term nineties, but for me, it's between 93 and 2004. So it's about a 12 12 year period.
1: I mean, I have to agree with you on that because I kind of stopped buying packs. I think around 93 And I don't remember shiny cards at all. You know what I mean? Before that, like, I don't remember any shiny cards at all. So it'd be hard to classify shiny cards as 90s cards. or How many shiny cards were in 1990? 91? 92? Right? right? So it's hard to just say it's a 90s card. That's why I say in baseball cards, we have eras, right? And then, like, the shine era started, what, 93, 94, basically, right? Yep. Yep. Man so i'm having nostalgia talking with you nate because i you're one of the first people i started watching and i remember watching you and eric in your backyard just playing catch do you remember that (laughs) i remember videos of you and eric just playing catch in your backyard in between going through cards
0: yeah i remember that day i remember that day when we recorded that video we were just we were probably out there for a half hour playing catch and i was like man I need to get my arm in shape because the next day my arm is dead just from playing catch. <laughs> but, yeah, that's I, that video is still up on the old Junkies channel. But, yeah, we're going to bring that channel back. We, we had a lot of fun.
1: Now, Are you uh, bringing Eric on on that channel?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Eric, he, he's going to go by Big Mac Fanatic. Now, he was going by Oakland A's nine one five. But me and him, he moved out here to California. He used to mm. live in Texas. So now he lives out my way and we're gonna try to get together once a month and make a video on that channel. So that's kind of the goal. And then uh, when Titanic taters can um, join us, you know, he'll be joining us as well. So we're definitely bringing that channel back and, and we're gonna try to record the videos the way we did back in the day. So that should be fun
1: yeah man um i I used to love me some baseball card junkies tv (laughs) yeah all right so the video we're here we're supposed to talk about the yeah and i'm also part of your facebook group you know what i mean the 2003 i mean 1993 to 2004 right
0: yeah yeah it's 1990s through 04 rare insert group yeah
1: yeah so tell us about that channel real quick
0: Okay. Well, that group, okay, so I, I started that Facebook group because I was on the phone with a friend, a fellow collector here. He used to make YouTube videos. He kind of stopped making videos a while ago, but he was talking about I had created a Barry Bonds collector's group, and he really liked the format of that group and the era of the cards that we were showing off because, of course, Bonds, majority of his career was between the 90s through '04. And he was like, man, I wish there was a group just for inserts of baseball cards from that era that just focused on inserts the way that you you have created this bonds group. And I said, well, uh, okay, let's go ahead and start a group up. So I got off the phone with them and I started the 90s group and I was at work. I was literally at work when I created that Facebook page. And that's how it started. So just a suggestion from a friend. And it's kind of gone from there. And it's ironic, and I've told this story many times, but when I created that group, I thought I was going to be the most knowledgeable 90s collector in the group. And it turns out I have learned probably nine times more than what I've taught. And I am shocked about how little I knew about 90s cards when I started that Facebook group. So it's kind of an unintended um, a result of that group is i've gotten 10 times more out of it than i put into it and and so yeah it's it's been a fantastic experience having that group
1: yeah man it, it's amazing especially with you having the the barry bonds something i don't think i've ever really talked before on social media platform or whatever but i remember when the group was starting the the Super Collectors group, it was starting. I remember when you joined the group and somebody on private message says, like, no way, this guy has like three thousand Barry Bonds cards. That's impossible. And I was like, No, <laughs> he's legit.
0: He's <laughs> legit.
1: Because I think at that at that time, like eight hundred was like the highest count. So when you came in with like three thousand, you blew everybody out of the water. I was like, No way. I was like, No. Check he has a YouTube <laughs> channel. Check him out. He's legit. Yep, and now um, you're way above three thousand, right?
0: Oh yeah, I I well I started uh, like it, like I have this book here, and I I show this every once in a while and make a YouTube video, but I've been logging since uh, uh, August twentieth, twenty eighteen. At that time, I had four thousand, what was it, eight hundred cards, and it's been slow going lately because it's hard to find stuff I need that I can afford. There's a lot of stuff I, I, I need that um, I can't afford, but now I'm at 6,095 as of uh, <laughs> August 28th. So I haven't picked any cards up in September yet, but so I'm about five shy of 6,100. So yeah, it's been, it's, <laughs> it's been a journey, man.
1: All right. So yeah. So most people don't know top eighty-five four 401, uh, Top 85401 is the Mark McGuire Olympic card.
0: Yes, but it is. But then
1: he went over to Barry Bonds and never looked back, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. So well, well, super uh, Barry Bonds collector. But one of the things um, <laughs> why I have you on here, what we're going to discuss is the nighty shine. So shiny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you're the expert on them, man. I used to love hearing you talk about the 90s cards and just give, you know, little talk from uh, about the background of the card and just everything, man. Um uh, You were the man. Are you still the man, Nate? Oh, I,
0: I you know, I mean, I've been humbled because of my group. I, I've learned so much. So it feels like the more I learn about 90s cards, the less I know. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's like one of those things like you just don't know what you don't know until you learn what you don't know. And then you realize, well, maybe I don't know that much. So uh, I'm always learning. And that's part of the fun of the hobby is you have to be you have to have humility. And first of all, you can never think you have the best collection because I've been collecting long enough to know that there are a lot of collections out there bigger and better than mine. And then also you have to always be willing to learn because there's so much to learn. And even if you're an expert in a certain era, you are still not gonna know everything unless you're willing to learn, ask questions. And the great thing about this hobby is if I don't know the answer, I know who I can ask to find the answer. And a lot of times those people, if they don't know the answer, then they'll ask someone else that will know the answer yeah. on my behalf. Somebody's going to know somebody that knows the answer if you if you know who to ask. So there's always stuff to learn, though.
1: Yeah, kind, kind of a, a little side note on that real quick for my part. Uh, I bought the complete set of the 94 upper deck, you know, the SP set. And when I was going through it, when I first bought it, I noticed Tony Quinn wasn't wearing his uh, regular number. And I was like, hey, Tony Quinn isn't wearing his regular number. So I looked it up. And I looked it up, and then I told the story about how I, he left it at his motel. When they were playing away, he left it at his motel. So uh-huh. they just gave him another jersey to wear, and he was wearing a different number, and I became the baseball card. And I okay. was like, oh, cool. Okay, now I know the story. No big- I never made a video about it just like, oh, cool, it's just Fun fact for me, you know what I mean? Yeah. And oh, then months cool. later, Mangini sends me a text. John Mangini, he's like, "Hey Caesar, did you know? Did you know about this car? Tony Queens wearing the wrong number." And I was like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." He, you know, he he left it at the motel, and I just like wrote him back right away, like I knew the whole story. He was like, "Wow!" Like, you know, I was like, "Wow!" It's like one of those things where you learn something, and then someone is amazed that you know that fact. You know. And, yeah. man, just because it was John Mangini and I let her know it something, I was like, wow, that was like, wow, one of my YouTube uh, collector heroes. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So what do you got, Nate? Like, what can you show us from 90s?
0: Uh, Well, I got a box here. I'll just
1: show you real Show quick. me some shiny for my butt. Whoa.
0: <laughs> so this was all Donruss brand cards of Barry Bonds from the 90s and uh I'll show a few cards off here. I just grab a few random ones that I like so one of the one of the uh sets that I really like from Don Russ I'll just grab a stack here are the stat line, and so the stat line tend to have some pretty, yeah. pretty nice shine and so what Don Russ did is they had a career stat line and a season stat line and what they would do like this card here is a season stat line and the stat that they did is runs, right? So bond scored 120 runs in the previous season. So the cards numbered out of 120.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: his a season stat line. The previous year was 120 runs. So here's another one. So these cards are cool. Um, so like, this is a, Don Russ 2000. These were actually printed in 01, but they were doing like a, what they call the recollection collection because Don Russ didn't actually have cards in 2000. So in 01, they did like the 99 and the 2000 Don Russ, what they would have done. Yeah. And in addition to the 2001 Don Russ. But here's another one a season stat line for the 99 and this one would be for runs so he scored 91 runs so it's numbered out of 91 so those are cool so i like those so i got a bunch of the stat lines um let me go to other ones then they did like um oh man i love these cards right here the power alleys these cards are sick oh yeah those are nice i'll show off a few power alleys so like in the 90s so is collectors may or may not know Donruss went out of business after 1998 and then they were purchased from Playoff in 2001 so the brand came back under the name Donruss but but it was Playoff that bought them but here's some original Donruss cards so these are cool because they did like I've talked about this before, but a lot of the older 90s Donruss cards, they would have, like, this is a, a um, oh, what is it called? The, oh, God, my mind's drawing a blank. The, um, uh,
1: I, I, I still find it incredibly... Power. Yeah, I still find it credible, like, how many cards you can remember and stuff like because there's so many variations, so many styles, so yeah, many inserts. I mean,
0: yeah, once you start looking at the same cards over and over and chasing them down, you tend to remember them. But this is a 96 power alley, but and they're numbered out of 5,000. But what makes it a cool card is the first 500 in the print run were die cut. So you can see there's like a little uh, triangle cut out on either side. And so, then you could see the print run. It's out of the same print run of 5,000, but the first 500 are die-cut. So even though both of these cards are part of the same print run, it's two different cards. You got the die-cut and the non-die-cut.
1: Yeah. So I've seen you, uh, I've you know, I've seen and heard you talk about this over the years with a bunch of them. So is that something that was just popular that Donruss did?
0: Yeah, they put Easter eggs out there. And when you are a knowledgeable collector like me, like I remember I was at a card shop one time and I had bought a double of this card because the owner sold it to me for 15 bucks. But it's the die cut version. Yeah. So on the 97 Power Alley, it has a print run of 4,000 but the first 250 were die cut so this card like is like a $250 card and these sell for i don't know maybe 20 bucks or whatever so anyway sometimes you could like like um people don't understand what they are they don't understand that they're a lot rarer than what the print run on the back of the card
1: oh so, like, yeah it, it's I still can- um so the first 100 are like one To 100 out of 500 or whatever?
0: Yeah, well, that one's numbered to 4,000, and the first 250 are die cut in the print run.
1: Yeah, so it would just say 250 out of 4,000. I mean, yeah, yeah, right?
0: 250. So, yeah, so
1: if you don't know your stuff, (laughs) you're not going to get it. You don't understand what's going on, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And here's one that me and my friends have, um, you know, we're wondering. All right, I'll, wait. I gotta. Uh, I gotta get it out here. Here we go. Okay, so this card here. It's a die cut, but it is what is called the um, prime numbers, and so this one has a print run of three hundred and seventy four. But the first four, and you can see this one is number two of 374, a die cut. So there's only four of these. This is from 1998 Donruss that are die cut.
1: So it's it's basically a one of four.
0: Yeah, this is like a holy grail of 90s cards. Um,
1: So how did you come across that one? What's that? How did you come across that card?
0: Uh, uh Well, the famous JM collection, I bought it from a guy named Jeff that lives in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He was a uh, bonds collector from like 1986 through about 2020. And then he started to sell his collection off in 2020. And this card, I knew he had, you know, I had known that he had had it for about 15 or 20 years. And when he started to sell off his collection, this is one of the first cards I asked him about. And he was he was nice enough to sell it to me. So I don't that's know that awesome. this card's ever been on eBay, but yeah, so it's, that's another example of like, just like a really cool kind of Easter egg type card out there in the hobby. Um, so anyways, I've made videos about that on my channel before.
1: All right, but, let me grab my, one of my favorite, I think it's a 90s, might be a 2000, but yeah, so it's still, it falls in your era, let me, and you've seen this many times before, but. All right, let's check it out, what do you got? But. Here we go. The the hocus pocus. Oh this, yeah. yeah, this was like rare. the first card that made me change my mind about that shine.
0: Yeah, those cards are really cool, and you know what's nice about them is they're not rare, but they look absolutely fantastic. I love those. Cards.
1: Well, that that's the thing about um ninety that ninety shine man that that certain era to two thousand four. Uh, I've said this before. um, The day that I brought home my '53 Mickey Mantle, uh, you know, on a PFA slab, and I put it on the table in my room next, and there was a a Jeff Bagwell shiny card. There was just like a, you know, um, I I would see a shiny card that I liked, and I, I bought the card, you know, not the player, not the brand. I just bought the card a lot of times, and but. I I did PC on Jeff Bagwell, but I had this Jeff Bagwell, like, crazy, um, I don't remember what Instagram it was, but crazy shine on it. And then when my wife got home, like, the whole time I was like, how am I going to tell her about this Mickey Mantle card? How am I going to tell her? And she saw the Jeff Bagwell, and the Jeff Bagwell and Mickey Mantle are sitting next to each other, an $800 card and a $1 card. And she looks at the Jeff Bagwell, how much was this? Like, how many, you know what I mean? She automatically assumed that that 90s Jeff Bagwell was more than the 53 tops Mickey Mano graded, you know, a raw oh, Jeff Bagwell.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess to an untrained eye, I mean, why would, why would you think the uh, I, I, that that that's funny? So, so thankfully, it was only a dollar.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> you could look your wife in the eye and say, baby, it was a dollar. <laughs> so here's some other ones. So these cards are um, like a basketball crossover. The I remember buying these like this this pair of cards. This is how, how bonkers the '90s market has gone. And this is since I've created that um, that '90s group. But we got the EX Essential Credentials then, and the Essential Credentials now. These are not the most desirable ones. However, th- this is what I have in my collection. I bought them before they got out of hand. But I spent a total of $100 on these two cards, probably between 2014 and 2017. I've had them for a while in my collection, but now they sell for like $1,500 to $2,000 a piece. So, wow. and, and the reason why is all the, um, the Jordan cards from the 90s took off And so that kind of crossed over into baseball, but the Jordan collecting market is worldwide. Like, I mean, I'm not, I don't know a whole lot about basketball cards, but what I can tell you is it influences the value of the, of the nineties baseball cards, especially with the Fleer brand. So, but that's like a, like a kind of a cool card there. Those are cool cards that I paid nothing for. And now they're worth
1: thousands. (laughs)
0: But that can happen with the '90s.
1: Yeah, it can, man. That 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 whole 2020 era was pretty insane. The 2020,
0: 2021 year. Yeah, all the '90s stuff started to pick up before uh, COVID, but man, during COVID, it really it really ramped up, and, and the refractors were selling pretty high, but those have kind of since cooled off. But uh, certain stuff hasn't cooled off. So here's, here's a real popular set from the 90s, a Fleer Legacy collection. And this is a 1997 Row 1 Barry Bonds. Man, that's some
1: sweet stuff right there. Or
0: Row 0, excuse me. Yeah, this is the Row 0. And I got this from that collection from the guy from Pittsburgh. I got quite a few really nice cards from the gentleman in Pittsburgh. And then we got the, um, the 98 And this set is interesting because FLIR went bankrupt in the early 2000s. And when they went bankrupt, a lot of the cards that they had as replacement cards at the factory were sold off, uh, you know, when they liquidated the Mm. assets from FLIR. And FLIR had a bunch of these replacement cards. And there are a lot of replacements, but they didn't. So just so for collectors, so you know, and this is a 1998 only. If you get a legacy, you got to have the player's name on the back in blue foil. If you don't, it's a replacement copy. Mm. The reason why I say that is people were stamping them, but they were stamping them even though they weren't serial numbered and then selling them out as pack-issued cards. And a lot of times the stamping's in the wrong spot, like over here instead of down here. Anyways, that's just kind of a fun fact about um, some of the 90s cards that I figured I'd talk about real quick. And then here's some cool, so kind of like what Donruss did with the uh, Statlines, Fleer adopted a similar thing. These are the Triple Crown. And like this one here is numbered out of 73. This is a 2002 card. And it's numbered out of seventy-three because of previous year Bonds hit seventy-three home runs. And then this one is numbered out Matt, of wait. yeah, this one's numbered out of one thirty-seven because of the year he hit seventy-three homers, he had a hundred and thirty-seven RBI. And then, uh, and then, as far as his batting average, he hit. What was it, Uh, 328? So they made 328 copies of this parallel. So those are kind of cool. Got to collect them all.
1: Yeah, you got (laughs) them, man, right?
0: Man, there's so many
1: variations, especially the 90s. Well, I mean, what do you think has more variations, parallels, and stuff like that? The 90s era or right now where, man, because it seems like they're saturating it with
0: parallels,
1: numbered cards,
0: I mean, right now, for sure. I mean, there's way more parallels. I mean, in the 90s, every set, you might get five parallels at the most. At the most, typically closer to two or three. But now, what do you get, 40 or 50? I don't even know. Yeah, right? I was watching a video earlier today, and they were showing this product. The guy, uh, the video I was watching, they were showing this product. And I mean the names that they have for some of these uh, products were incredible, like silver, shimmer, gold. I mean, all, all kinds of stuff. So anyway, now here's a cool card. I love telling the story about this card. This is a Molten Metal Fusion from
1: 1999.
0: Yeah. Oh. And so the this dot matrix here, it shows a silhouette of Vaughn's face and you can't really, yeah. I, I'd have to shine a light through it. But I found this at my card shop and it was in the case for like 20 bucks. And I was so ignorant. I didn't know what it was and see how it right here where it says, uh, 39 to 50 right there. It's oh. all etched in laser, right? Th- uh, no, right there. So I was like, oh, okay, that must be card 39 and a set of 50 players. And it was sitting in the showcase, and I offered the shop 15 bucks. I'm like, sure, yeah, we'll take 15 for it. <laughs> well, I get home, and I start doing research on the card, and I realize this is the parallel, and that laser inscription is serial number 39 of 50, not card 39 of 50. in That's yes. correct. And fast forward because of the basketball um, kind of crossover, these car- the last copy of this card sold for over three thousand uh, dollars of Barry Bonds. And if you got like a Michael Jordan from the nineties, I mean, I'm- from basketball, I mean, it might sell for a hundred grand now. Who
1: knows? So, so a car it- like that, would you ever consider grading it?
0: no i I, I got no desire to grade it i i'm just i just don't send cards in. I've never sent the card in for grading um, i i I understand why people would if I was in the business of reselling cards yeah i would I would certainly grade them because you're gonna get your money back if you grade the right cards, you'll get your money back but as a collector, I don't see the value in grading cards. I'd rather buy more cards than. Then grade them. That's just yeah, me, but I, I mean everybody collects differently.
1: you know, I'm I'm on the same boat, and that's why I don't grade cars because that's largely a large portion of the argument why people tell you to grade your cars. Like, it increases the price, and you know what the price is if you just check out comps. You know what I mean? But if I don't sell, that means nothing to me right well i I only
0: have so many hobby dollars yeah so and i don't want to put my hobby dollars towards grading i'd rather yeah exactly like if if it's going
1: to cost me 15 bucks to grade a card i'd rather buy a card i like for 15 bucks or a lot of cards for 15 bucks that i like i know but you know but at the same time i i always say i've never graded a card but at the I don't know if that's an if I can actually say that and be 100% truthful because one time I did win a contest, right? I won a contest and why did I you know what? Actually I didn't win it. I think it was um, Snoop that won it and he said give my free card grading to Pepino man. Or somebody won it and just said give it to Pepino man. So they told me, "Hey, they give it they gave you um, the free card grading to you. What do you want to grade?" And I had just watched a video of somebody who um, had a a Kobe Bryant rookie card graded a one, right? So you would just think, okay, it's not very valuable if it's a one. But they were hyping it because it was a pop one. Oh, it's a Kobe Bryant rookie card pop one and graded a one. (laughs) And in the video, the guy was saying, nobody, you can't, mess up a card on purpose and get a one. You know what I mean? The, that was their whole thing. They're, this will always be a pop one because if somebody gets a Kobe Bryant rookie card and tries to make it a one by smashing it up, they'll be able to tell and they'll grade it authentic. They'll never grade it a one. So I remember asking a couple of people on YouTube, like, hey, how can you get a one on any card? And everybody said a pinhole. Make a pinhole. So I sent them on Nolan a rookie with a little pinhole but the car looked like a 10 and I got a one. And so the only reason I did that was to prove like you could get a one easily, you know, if you want to.
0: Yeah. Somebody was trying to hype their Kobe Bryant PSA one and probably trying to make a mint off of it, which is kind of, well, the
1: thing was the guy was saying that he got an offer. I don't remember what it was at the time, like 20,000, like something outrageous. He did get a crazy offer. But he turned it down saying this is a pop one it's gonna go up in value and then a few years later uh i told somebody that story and they looked it up for me i don't know how to look it up but they looked it up i get you out to have a psa membership and there was like six of them now six of the graded ones you know what i mean yeah. so it wasn't the only one anymore
0: well yeah i mean you could make as many of those as you want basically <laughs> yeah, just put a pin. So hole. that's
1: why I said. Maybe I can't say I've never sent out a card, but I never personally sent out a card and paid for it. Yeah, but well, I did I mean, win that contest, and that was my experiment trying to yeah. get a graded one.
0: Yeah, you, you, you weren't you weren't taking the grading uh, seriously as far as like you know trying to get a ten. You're just like kind of goofing around and seeing, hey, no. can I get a one if I put a pinhole in the card? Yeah, can I probably turned a card that
1: should have graded a ten into a one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so. Uh, here You want to see another cool card? Yes. Okay. So back in 97 to 98, uh, Leaf, Don Russ, excuse me, uh, Preferred, made cards out of precious metal. And so this is a 1998 Preferred. And this one has uh, a gram of gold in it. One gram of gold. And it has a print run of 100. So these came out of Donruss Preferred. This is a big chase card back in 1998. So, wow. And then the, the ones um, from 97 had a print run of 50. But this is a cool card right here. I bought this at the National in 2017.
1: So how many players were in that set with the uh, gold?
0: Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Probably there were some that were silver, some that are gold, and some that are platinum. And so Bonds was in the gold set. I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, I, I My guess would be somewhere in the neighborhood of 50, but but I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm not a set collector for stuff like that. So I suppose if I was a set collector, I'd be able to answer that question for you.
1: Yeah, because you would know about every other car that exists. Yeah, it's funny.
0: when With the 90s group that I'm in, um, being a Bonds guy, Bonds isn't in every single set, you know. So a lot of times I'll see stuff and that's how I learn about other sets because other player collectors, they'll have their player in it. Here's a really cool one. I like this card a lot. This came out of a real cheap product. This is from 99 Upper Deck or uh, uh, Collector's Choice, UD Choice. And you could see it's, it's called the hobby reserve. And if you see that shine in the back, it has a sparkle. These are numbered out of a hundred. But if you, if you were buying packs back in the late nineties, upper deck uh, choice was like in Walmart, Target, gas, you know, it was like everywhere. And it was a lower end product, not really collected by high end collectors. So finding a hobby reserve was almost impossible. So these cards carry a super premium just because they're from a real cheap product. And that's one great thing about you you get out of, like, the upper deck uh, inserts from the 90s is a lot of the, like, collector's choice or UD choice, they were printed. They printed a lot of it. So their short print cards are just very, very desirable. Here's another one from um collector's choice it's called the star quest i'm sure you've seen the star quest cards before yeah but this is the home run parallel and the home run parallels they only printed 100 this is from 1998 star quest um you know there's a print run of 100 of these but i've had conversations with a lot of my friends and they speculate that maybe 50% of them are actually out in the hobby world just because, again, this is from a low-end product. Yeah. And they printed so much of it. I mean, this was like a unicorn. You, you could not find these out of packs. If you get a double or a triple, and, and that you could see, like, there's four, you know, single, double, triple. And then if you got four of those diamonds at the bottom, you got the home run parallel. Oh and wow! Then the home run's the only one that has a hollow foil, but this is another really cool card out of a cheap product. I love I love the short print cards out of the cheap product. Then of course I got the nine, 1999 Star Quest, and this oh, is the home run. Yeah, you see the red, the green, and the blue pretty often. You do not you don't see the golds. And yeah, again, I see the green a lot. So this one's numbered nine out of a hundred impossible to find even when you're busting packs like if you're busting um upper deck choice back in the 90s you might bust a whole case and not find a single do
1: you remember uh, what year you got that
0: yeah i got both of these from the famous jm collection i mean this is just stuff you can't find you know yeah find it you look on you look on ebay you won't find any of them here's another one this one's really tough i got lucky with this one i did this one I actually found on eBay, but it is a crash the game, and these are the ones that you would get. Like you would send these in, right, and then you would redeem it for an insert set. And this yeah. one is an instant winner. So typically, it would have a date. So if your player hit a home run in a you know on a specific date that they had, you could send the card in, and then you get a uh, redeemed set.
1: What year was that?
0: This one, is, this one is different though, because see how it says "instant winner." Yeah, there's no date, so that means when you get the instant automatically, winner, you automatically win the set. Your player doesn't have to hit a home run. This well, year,
1: but what year was that? Because that's still kind of like what Top is doing now, right?
0: Uh, kind of. Yeah. This is what year, man? I don't even know what year it is. Let me look. But this car, I think it's a '97.
1: Let me get my magnifying
0: glass. Yeah, no, this one, this is a 1997 collector's choice instant winner. Crash the game. (laughs) So because back in the day, well, first of all, the instant winners, they didn't put too many of them out there. But most of them that were pulled back in the 90s were redeemed because you got the whole insert set. So these cards are highly, highly desirable because you, you just don't find them. So that's another cool one. Um, Oh, man, I I just love baseball cards. I, I love them. Oh, here's one. So my friend Ben, I got this in 2019. This is a techno reciprocal. And he was he lives in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, and he was at the Salvation Army card show out there in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. And he found it in a dollar box. And this card is numbered seven out of a hundred. And this is the techno, but this is what they call the reciprocal. So the front of the card has the photo that most of the cards use on the back of the card. And this card, the back of the card has a photo that's typically on the front of the card. Oh, okay. That's why they call it the reciprocal. So that's a cool card. Um. Oh man, here's another one. Man, these cards are sick. So this is from Upper Deck Victory, Ultimate Victory. And this card has kind of like that, I don't know, it it's it's almost like that that galvanized shine. You know, if you see yeah. that galvanized metal, you know, fresh from the factory, when it still has that oil residue on it. I I love this card. And this is again from a very cheap product. And this one has a print run of a hundred. So this card is just beautiful. And then the reg the regular upper deck victory has a parallel too, which I don't have. But this is the ultimate victory parallel. You got something? No, no. So yeah, I got that one. And then um oh dude. What else? Oh, is this the one? I think this one's numbered out of a this is another year. Ultimate victory. Not as uh not as shiny as the other one, but still a cool card. I love those old '90s. Uh, kind of like the uh, cheap Upper Deck product. You know, they had some really cool inserts. Oh, yeah, the Upper Deck MVP.
1: What are so? How many products like uh, card makers off the top of your head right now? Can you name like from the '90s? Well, you had Tops,
0: Fleer, Don Pacific, Upper Deck. I mean, those were the manufacturers, but then they had their own products within that umbrella, right? Yeah. So like Tops, you had... Like Crown
1: Royal, Royal. Flair. Flair.
0: Yeah. Flair, you had Flair and...
1: Score. You still have Score going on, right? Oh, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Score and Pinnacle. Score, score was always a Pinnacle brand, but then... When scores started making high-end cards, then they started making pinnacle. That's yeah, that's another good. And wasn't
1: one. Prism also a, a a brand back then? Wasn't there a Prism? No, it,
0: it was. Uh, it was. I'll show you the Prism. So it wasn't a brand. It was Pacific Prism, and it was spelled P-R-I-S-M with a S, not a Z. So like Panini. Rebranded it with a Z, but when Pacific was making it, it was Prism with an S. P R I S. Yeah, because you
1: also had Sage back then.
0: Sage I don't remember under, the Sage I, cards. I think that was a different sport. I don't, I don't. That wasn't done in baseball, that I know of. I don't. I don't know what Sage. Oh was. yeah,
1: maybe they didn't. I have basketball and football cards of Sage. But now that I think about it, I don't know, remember any highlights of baseball i'll say yeah
0: no they didn't do baseball i could show you some pacific i'll bring out a pacific but yeah that was so i was watching there's a channel called the essential credentials
1: yeah and
0: the guy that did pacific cards is a guy named michael kramer so he is kind of like he was always a baseball card collector and then he decided to make his own cards and he got started by, you know, making like retired players. And then he finally got like the full licensing from MLB and MLBPA in the early nineties. And by the late nineties, he was, he made some incredible cards. The brand was never really considered a premium brand,
1: but yeah.
0: his prism cards, here, I'll get them out. I'll, I'll, I'll grab some of those.
1: Yeah, man. I, I, I personally love the prism cards. I have a, Oh, uh, where is it? A a box. <laughs> of yeah, prism the cards.
0: Are, yeah, they made some cool cards and so the story is the the company that Kramer used to make But I
1: spelled it with the V.
0: Yeah. An um but the company that Kramer used to make uh that, that created the foil, because you know he's he you know, he bought the foil patterns from another company, right? And the company, like, one day they were like, well, which ones do you want to use in your product? And they showed him like, 15 of them for 2,000 Prism. And he's like, uh, well, we'll we'll do them all. I like them all. We'll just use them all. So that was, like, so 2,000 Prism. I have all but one of them. Um, some of them are in my binder, but you got, like, the uh, – you got that Yeah, those like, are
1: sweet.
0: Yeah, so we got that one and then this one here i forget what this i forget what the patterns are called i have to look at a, at a yeah there's so many but yeah this was the first time that there were like tons of patterns they did 15 patterns in well see, that,
1: that's one of those things is like when i used to go to my car shops or wherever car shows all these cars like these there's so many of them but they're not popular brand i guess or whatever but they're super sweet man and they're cheap you know so with cars like this i have a lot of juan gonzalez barry bond Derek jeter cal Ripken, you know all those players because the cards will be in the 50 cent box you know
0: yeah um all the all i the love that pattern from 2000 not all of them are numbered but they all have a print run of a thousand or less so See, I, I, I I mistakenly didn't buy the uh one became available the one I'm missing became available and I thought I had it here's the proof so um this card is so rare that when sellers in the past have sold cards from this set on eBay eBay authentication rejected the card because I didn't even know what it was but the back of it. <laughs> is made out of vinyl. Oh, Kramer Kramer loved to experiment with different materials. So you could see the vinyl, right? Yeah. And this was called the Proof. This one's numbered out of 10. Very, very tough card to find. But those are some of the Prisms with an S that I have. And then in 1999, I got all the 99s. You got the purple. These ones were pretty much all numbered. That card is beautiful. I love that rich purple. And then... Oh, man. That card is sick, huh? Yeah, it is. I love those, bats. But the hardest one to find is this one, the Red Retail. And I've only seen... I used to have two copies of this card. And as far as Barry Bonds, I've only seen one, two, three... I think four copies in existence that I've seen. And the the Kramer actually was on this channel and he said that they printed like 121 of these. They did not number them. It's the only one they didn't number. Mm. But the retailer that bought these went out of business and most of the cards got destroyed. So these were a retail exclusive from, I forget what retailer, but that retailer didn't sell them all and they just destroyed all the cards. So the red um, prism is really, really hard to find because of that. So even though they printed 120 of them, most of them never even sold. They just were, you know, kind of, you know, got thrown out basically.
1: Yeah, the one of my favorite dealers at Frankenson's where I used to go through his dollar boxes. I used to buy, I have so much shine right now, you know what I mean, of all these different players because they were in the 50 cent basically he always started off with a dollar box and then two weeks later whatever didn't sell he transported into a dollar uh 50 cent box and started a new dollar box but all he did was buy um what are they called storage like oh yeah from storages that's all he would do that's how he got most of his collection not he didn't do it himself but from the newspapers, he would buy cars from people who would buy storage lockers, and there was baseball cards in there. Gotcha. And Everything was cheap. Everything was a dollar. So that's what I'm saying is like everything was a dollar, and if it didn't sell, a couple weeks later, it'd be in the fifty cent box. Didn't sell in the fifty cent box. A couple days, made twenty five cent box. But this is like fifteen years ago, where that knowledge wasn't there, and he's an old, he was an older collector, and he didn't care about shine. You know what I mean? Man, so I bought I so many cards from him that are just know. so shiny. It's like, but I, at the same time, I don't know, you know, I might have some gems in there. I might not.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it would be fun to look through it one day.
1: <laughs> just well, that that's one of the things I was thinking about. I was like, man, you know what was, what kind of sucks is, I don't know. I don't remember how long ago it was, but when you and Aaron Davis, you know, and, um, uh tom like you when you guys came to my house and you guys looked through like i don't know how many boxes but you guys you know shifted through a lot of my boxes and we never went through the box that had all my um barry bonds cards it's like (laughs) i was like that kind of sucks man i was like where my Uh, barry bonds cards like i wanted to see you know if i had anything that you didn't have and but uh... yeah we went through a um, ton of boxes and we never went through the box that had my top, uh, you know, my Barry Bonds cards.
0: Well, I, 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 I'm going to go back down south. And if I go back down south, you know, I'll have to pay you a visit. Go, go
1: hang out in your man cave again. Yeah, man, room. that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, do, do you remember the video that I made for uh, Big Mac Fanatics now? The Mark McGuire video?
0: Oh, yeah, where you kept going. Mark
1: McGuire. Mark, Mark McGuire. That was pretty annoying after I heard it the first time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember so, that. So, so do you my, got anything else to show? Yeah, I'll show one more. So this card here is from 1995, and it's a pinnacle. You were talking about pinnacle, and it's yeah. a gold old press proof. So these cards weren't actually discovered until 2017 about – 22 years after they came out and so this is a um what do you call it the uh artist proof but the regular artist proof looks like this Mm -hmm. and this is the gold artist proof oh okay
1: it's it's
0: yeah it has that gold foil and the story behind it is somebody opened up a case and there were the gold artist proofs instead of the regular artist proofs Mm. so i don't know how true it is but yeah this card i was wanting for a long time and i picked it up i don't know within the last year and i just happened to be fumbling or thumbing through a box i might maybe seen 10 of them out there now yeah
1: baseball baseball card history always always amazes me you know like things like that or um you know, like those backdoor cards, the ones that have the XXX and then the number, the executive oh, okay. card.
0: Well, those are like, um, yeah, employee uh, gifts, I guess. it Like Don Russ was giving those out to employees and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. And even the uh, the Topps Giants cards. Like I remember when I first started on YouTube and I was kind of collecting them. People were saying like, uh, oh, you know, they're kind of rare, but they're, they're not so sought after. They're not expensive. And then a story broke out where somebody found, like, a garage or a warehouse full of 64 tops Giants pallets. Like, pallets of them all unopened. You know, it was like... Yeah,
0: yeah. That's wild. Well,
1: yeah. yeah. Then the swamp, you know, the swamp, uh, what was that, swamp attic finders. Yep,
0: yep, it, yep. Baseball car
1: stories are just amazing.
0: Yeah. So... I I don't know. I'll, I'll go out with a, with a, um, I'll show one more card before we wrap it up. If that sounds cool. So in 1996, a product came out from score called select certified and they made a mirror, red, a mirror, blue, and a mirror, gold. They were not numbered. However, these were the first cards were, All three parallels had a print run of under 100. And I managed to get my hands whoops on a 1996 Select Certified Mirror Blue. I do not have the gold or the red, but I am very proud to own the blue of Barry Bonds. And this one has a print run of 45. And that's from 1996. So this is... A really cool card. I love Yeah, it.
1: so I gotta ask something real quick. I got a couple of questions before we sign off. Yeah, buddy. Do you have any completed rainbows? Oh yeah. a Barry Bonds?
0: Oh yeah, I got all kinds of completed rainbows.
1: So and second to that is do you know how many one of ones Barry Bonds has? Oh man.
0: Well, it's kind. Of, that's kind of a complicated question, and the reason why is because in two thousand four and two thousand five they had a sweepstakes where they made one card for every game of the season and every inning, and then and then an extra inning. So, in other words, one thousand six hundred and twenty one of ones in 04. And if you were to get the card where Bonds. Past Babe Ruth you win this big prize right so it'd have to be the game and the inning so they made 10 cards for for every game and an inning you know so so 10 cards for every game inning one through nine and then the 10th inning which would be if he were to break the record in an extra inning so 10th inning or after well he had knee surgery in 04 and he did not break. He did not pass Hank Aaron and uh, Babe Ruth in 2004. So tops did the same thing in 2005. So there's another 1,620 <laughs> one of one bonds cards for a total of 3,240 uh, bond bonds. One of ones just in that product alone that that that's from flagship tops. so with that being in mind i i'm guessing there's probably about five or six thousand
1: bonds one of ones out there i doesn't seem like a lot well i guess it depends on your signing i do remember like when i you know when i first started on youtube watching a video about um uh uh, i was a toss video about making baseball cards and and that certain year when they made that video i don't remember what year it was but uh uh uh, oh i can't remember his name now but the guy that went from the uh uh, Bryant. no 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 he went from the dodgers to philadelphia jason worth oh okay and they said jason worth that year that that video was made They said jason worth this year has 2,000 and something cards of him just this year or rookies. I think it might've been rookies, you know, from that year. So then I got curious and I, this is, I never do research, but for some reason I remember searching for Reggie Jackson, how many Reggie Jackson uh, one-on-ones and that particular year, Reggie Jackson had like 2,000 one-on-ones that he had out in product that, that just that year,
0: you know what I mean? So here's one of the great things about collecting bonds. He retired in 07. He didn't have any baseball cards between 2008 and 2013. Then he was in Panini from 2014 through 2017. And starting in 2015, all of his cards were either autographs or relics with exception of 2015 Prism. And then in 2016 and 17, Bonds was in tops, but only autographs. That's it. So my point is Bonds has almost no post-career cards. And what the reason why I love that is because I could concentrate on cards yeah. from his playing days. And because I can concentrate on those cards, I've, that's how I, you know, I know so much about the 90s because there's just so much stuff out there that yeah. I have to, I've had to rediscover um through collecting bonds because I, I, he doesn't have any post career cards which is i great didn't know you. that
1: i i hear like other co- uh other people that collect like say uh wave bogs or you know just other players and they're saying like it's tough to be a play collector because every year he gets this many cards and to collect the rainbow you know if you want to get the one-on-one it's so much but like yeah there's so many um other people from the past, uh, they still get thousands of cards made every year.
0: Yep. So not, that, not, that's kind of cool that Barry box. Bond doesn't do that. Yep, not a single card since 2017. And that makes my life a lot easier. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I can concentrate does. on modern players with modern cards. I don't have to go to my player collection.
1: Yeah, because I mean, when I first started collecting Mickey Mano, all I wanted was playing, playing day you know, cards. But. Um, I'm basically two away, but with the 52 man, oh, well, these are tops playing days cards. The 52 man, I was like, it's just an afterthought. I don't even care about it right now. I need one more card. And then after that, I think I'm going to start collecting uh, more modern or post playing day cards of mana, which I've never really done. You that's, know? So that's, that's cool. going to be a rabbit hole, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, it's fun. There's so much shine. Mickey yeah. Card. Oh, yeah.
1: Now that I love the shine, it's so shiny.
0: Yeah, buddy. <laughs>
1: All right, Nate. Well, I'll let you go, man. This was a great talk, man.
0: Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Hopefully, uh, some of the viewers uh, learned a little bit about 90s cards. And if they want to learn more, they can always watch uh, my channel or any any of us other 90s collectors out there. So I, I talk about it a lot on my channel, and people seem to really like it. And appreciate, you know, me sharing the knowledge so that they can learn more about those cards.
1: Yeah, man, sharing the knowledge, man. Uh, it's great when everybody can learn. Makes a hobby more fun. anyway, man, thanks for uh, coming with me. Uh, four collectors, four collectors. So everybody, um, check out Nate, man. Man, I almost consider you the 90s king as far as knowledge goes. You know what I mean? Because you're, like, you're going answer almost any question. And not only that, if you don't know the answer, you say you don't know. You don't give us bullshit.
0: Yeah, I'll figure it out. I know who to ask. So I'll go out with this one. A little bit of shine. Number to 10. Oh, yeah.
1: Sicko. All right, people. Ciao. Happy
0: collecting.